which is not good enough. Um, you know, we just, we don't, we don't, uh, obviously chemistry, talent-wise, just everything. And it was clear, um, like I said, these last few games, um, they just, you know, from, the, from the beginning of the game, they were just aggressive, uh, vet, veteran team, obviously, uh, championship team, and, um, you know, one of the best teams that we have in this league. Um, you know, I love this city. Um, I literally, you know, have done everything that I can um, you know, I mean, this, this situation is, is, is crazy. You know, it's something that uh, I don't think can be fixed. So, um, yeah, thanks. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Boxing One. And I just got to say, like, three weeks into this NBA season, um, you know, like last week, uh, it was just like your pretty typical day. I was just checking my fantasy team and all that. But then I got this notification that uh, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, announced an insane Woj bomb. I think Faze got the details. Yeah, so, I, you know, I was driving. I was like, all right, it's another ESPN notification. Maybe some, like, irrelevant sport that, you know, golf or something. But I'm like, James Harden has been traded to the Nets. I'm like, all right, you know, my eyes are probably lying to me. This is definitely not happening right now. So I saw James Harden's been traded to the Nets, and the trade did not involve Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. So I'm like, all right, so the Nets are going to win it all, right? So basically, to break down the trade, the Rockets got Victor Oladipo and four unprotected first-round picks and four pick swaps. That's like a treasure chest of picks. It's like what Oklahoma City has gathered through all their trades. Basically, four picks and four pick swaps, all right? So basically, the Rockets are basically loaded for the next 10 years. The Nets, obviously, they got James Harden. Uh, the Pacers got Karis LeVert, who was unfortunately um, unable to play due to a small mass in his kidney. So, you know, prayers up for him. Hopefully he can come back because he's been playing lights out. And lastly, the Cavaliers got Jared Allen and Torian Prince. And basically their starting lineup consists of all seven footers now. So, you, you know, know, might as well. Like, very interesting. You know, team link for, for the Cavaliers. Um, for sure, for sure. Um, team, it's, it's team big ball, not not team small ball. Team big ball. Exactly, it's pretty much the opposite of the Houston Rockets of the previous season. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a pretty monumental uh, shift in the NBA landscape. I gotta say, um, the East is absolutely loaded, um, and I'm really excited for like the the competition that the East has. Like, there's a lot of like stacked teams that are really like. There's like pretty much a number of Eastern Conference teams that are like probably gonna come out the East, but you know, given this Harden trade, I honestly think that the Nets probably would be the favorite to come out the East. You know, like the, I think like the ex- expectations that you have like three, pretty much the three most gifted scores the league has ever seen in one team. It's pretty much like finals or busts. Like that's pretty much the expectation for this season. Like nothing less. Yeah, exactly. I, I, if they don't reach the finals. I, people are probably going to blame it on team chemistry and which is probably the reasoning but when you have three ball dominant players I don't see how Steve Nash as a first year coach will be able to manage all their personalities for right, for right now it's KD and Harden who played together in Oklahoma City I mean these past two games for James Harden have been insane Okay, so like- he debuted Saturday against the Magic and he had 32 points 14 assists and 12 rebounds a triple double in his first start with the Brooklyn Nets and then last night against the Bucks, which was a really entertaining game by the way, and went back and forth. Yeah, Harden had 34 points, 12 assists, and 6 rebounds. So he's putting up insane I mean, numbers. Honestly, like, I think we all, like, question, like, 
up to this point about like James Harden's like um, like commitment to like integrating with like the team's new system. But I think like so far like our first impression is like really really good so far. And I think I heard about the stat from the past two games for Harden like he scored or assisted the team's 129 points these past two games like that is ridiculous. I think wow. Like his I think his like his contributions has been like absolutely like quite amazing. Now, like the thing is like like also with Kevin Durant, I mean, he dropped like what like 42 uh with Harden. Oh yeah. He's first so game. Good. And like mm-hmm. I think like in his 11 12 games this season, like, he's like really putting up back to MVP level. He's actually like 31 points on like 50 50 from the field and from three. That's good efficiency. Like that's and it's like coming off from Achilles, like it's, it's almost like he never got injured at all. So yeah, I feel like he got better. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, that's kind of scary. Like he got he like we know like how like devastating Achilles injury is. Like he was gone for 18 months, and like people were like, if you're gone like that long, like you're pretty much like you're pretty much expected to have like some sort of rust. But like he just like picked up where he left off uh, since then. I think the one major thing we needed to like really discuss is how Kyrie Irving is going to fit into the mix. Um, we've seen how Kyrie Irving has kind of impacted his last few teams in terms of leadership and his play style, you know, getting injured in like key moments. And so I feel like the balance between Harden and Durant is enough. And I just feel like if you're going to add Kyrie Irving to the mix, it, it's going to go away. Because remember how like Kyrie was earlier saying, oh, uh, like Kevin Durant is the first person I can trust to take the shot at the end of the game and now he's going to be like exactly. oh now I can't even get a shot on my own team because I have too many ball dominant players I found that to be pretty funny but uh, I'm interested to see how Kyrie Irving fits into the mix when he's going to have a reduced role and I feel like Durant and Harden are going to be like 1A and 1B and I feel like I don't know if Kyrie's going to feel okay being that like second or third wheel you know I think that's probably the, probably the main concern uh, at this moment because I think like by the time like Kyrie comes back, uh, people when like if Kevin Durant or James Harden are having like some sort of like, a shooting slump of some sort, or like the Nets are kind of regressing, they're gonna look instead of looking at Durant or Harden, they're just gonna look straight at Kyrie because, I mean, given I mean two games is like is relatively small sample size, but like the impact that the two guys had together so far is like already outstanding. So by the time Kyrie comes back, they're just gonna look straight at him because given his. Uh, his reputation of how he uh, fares with other teams, with the Celtics and now with the, the Nets, uh, they're just gonna look straight at him. Like, hey, Kyrie is probably the probably now gonna be the chemistry killer instead of Harden. Mm-hmm. But I think like really what's impressive so I mean, far. Yeah, so is Kyrie's that... gonna play tonight. Let's see how that goes. I think. Absolutely, I'm That's ready so for impressive. That. Oh, like what I was mentioning is that like, um, like people were thinking like, oh, like the Nets are gonna make a very ball dominant team. It's only dependent on the three stars. But I think like like Harden's involvement with like the other players, like Joe Harris, he put up like a solid twenty piece against the Bucks, and I think like he's already establishing the the chemistry and the trust with other players, like being able to hit timely shots, uh, big in big moments like that. So, um, you know, honestly, I think like Harden's like really. Like he's always like being have the encouragement, like especially when like um, a lot of his teammates are like having like shooting slumps every now and then. Like he's like, hey, you got you got it. Like just knock him down. We're right behind you. And just like trust your shot. Like he's already like 
really integrating um, himself with the teammates. So I'm really uh, pretty pleased with that. Especially it's like a complete opposite yeah, I mean, it's pretty- with the Houston Rockets. So, I mean, he just pretty much <laughs> threw everyone under the bus that like they're not under good bus. enough. And, like, it's 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 a pretty much like a night and day. Like, <laughs> honestly. Oh, yeah, when he called out his teammates saying, "Oh, this is this this team is like beyond fixable," you know, we just don't have the talent. But now in Houston, I mean, I think you've been forgetting that like Harden's actually like been top five in assists for like the last five years. Like, he has an average below eight assists a year. So the question isn't about like is is he ball hogging too much. It's about like how can you like fit into a new system which you elaborated on. Like, he's done excellent so far. I just I feel like Kyrie Irving can like feel that desperation to be considered, you know, one of the stars of the teammates and start eating away at what Harden's been able to do with his teammates, and that's where I feel like it's going to start to spiral out of control. Absolutely. All right. So, um, within that, along the trade, we're going to talk about um, how the Houston Rockets got in return. So, they got Victor Oladipo from the trade with the Indiana Pacers, along with eight. Eight picks, four first rounds, four draft swaps. I mean, they're pretty much set for the future, uh, along with the OKC Thunder with their uh, treasure trove of draft picks. But uh, so, like Victor Oladipo, he played uh, recently and he dropped 32. So mm-hmm. really impressed with how he's gonna uh, play out for the Houston Rockets. Really like that. Yeah. Um. Again, I don't think the Rockets in full rebound, uh, rebuild mode right now. You have like John Wall, who's been playing really well since he like has been out of the league. You know him, Oladipo, Christian Wood, who's been taking a big leap this year. I mean, he put up I think thirty and eleven in his last game. I mean, for people that are like sleeping a, on him, like this, this like, dude can ball. He's, he's putting up double doubles like every every night. Like that's really awesome. Yeah. So the Rockets aren't in full rebound mode. I think this this might have been more helpful to the Rockets, you know, they could still contend for a playoff spot with their current roster. You know, a big three of Wall, Oladipo, and Wood is is very solid. It can make a definite, definite like, 7-8 mm-hmm. seed in the West right now. Absolutely. And especially, like, now they have, like, all the distractions out of the way from Harden. And, like, I think, like, they can now have, like, their own plan and, like, their own focus on what to do for the future. So I'm pretty excited what they're going to do for this season. Yeah, 100%. I mean... People thought Houston was going to be irrelevant after um, Harden left, but they're, they're still fun to watch. I mean, I think they're playing with a new type of ball movement and chemistry that you didn't really see with Harden because you know, how much he plays ISO ball and stuff like that. But yeah, let's see how Houston fares. I mean, it's only been one game, and I don't think John Wall has played late. I think he's still injured, but let's see when all three of them are on the court together at one time. Good things might be able to happen. All right, so the Indian Pacers got... Karis Levert in trade, you know, I'm kind of like, um, kind of excited that like now that Karis is going to like, really going to elevate his role as like a really, like a pretty, like a starter caliber player. And like they said that when he was traded to Pacers, they put up an MRI and found like a small mass in his kidney that like this trade probably like might have saved his life. Cause I think like with, when he was with the Nets, like they didn't find anything like unusual with him, but with the Pacers, they found something strange and that kind of been a, might have been a life changer for him so hopefully he's uh, all right and um hope he gets back on the court soon and um like yeah 100 as damon Dame, said like on twitter like he's like this man's gonna go off and i'm pretty excited what he's gonna do yeah i mean i think he has a really good supporting cast in indiana right now you know brogdon's having a really good year 
Simontas has established himself as one of the premier big men in the league. Miles Turner is a block machine. This dude records like eight blocks every single night, you know. So he, he'll be in a situation when he's able to return. I don't know how long the timetable is, but, you know, for sure, Indiana, they didn't lose much. I feel like Oladipo and Levert have similar playing styles. Yeah, honestly, I think it's like a pretty much like a one, one-to-one swap uh, between the two. So I think um, there's definitely like, I think like all four teams really, they kind of have like their wins uh, respectively in terms of what they received. So yeah, there's pretty much like no losers uh, out of the street. Now for the Cavaliers, I'd say like Jared Allen, um, along with all the other big men, but like I think like Jared Allen's like really um, elevated himself as like a premier big man with his, and it's like, at a, especially at like at a young age that like he is, uh, like he's pretty, much, he's pretty much like the complete package that you need as a big man with his shot blocking and um, his uh, playmaking down low. Um, but it depends on like how the coach is gonna like shuffle all the big men uh, in terms of minutes. We'll see like how much playing time he'll get, uh, like competing with Drummond, Nance, uh, and others. Yeah, basically, I think the Cavaliers are gonna have to shop at least two of their big men. Um, I feel like Drummond should be on the trading block only because like he has a lot of potential that's being wasted on like I, I don't want to call the Cavs trash, but you know they're not that good. You know his years in Detroit, his years in Cleveland, he's basically played for two relevant cities. So I, I want to see him actually like go on a playoff contending team to see people have the same stats. Also, I like Nance as a player, um, so I keep him alongside. Jared Allen, but I feel like JaVel McGee should go. I feel like he's only a placeholder for right now. And when you have like four big men plus Kevin Love with just five big men on the roster, like you're you're kind of hindering the development of your young core of Darius Garland, um, Colin Sexton, and Isaac Coro. So, you know, um the coaching staff needs to make some big changes because you know you're just gonna have to have five people playing center. You're gonna have JaVel McGee running point cards, so you know how that's gonna end up. At that point, you know, honestly, it's a you know, team big man. But, uh, yeah, I think, like, you mentioned, like, like Drummond being on the training block, and I think, like, um, the Portland Trailblazers could be, like, a viable option, especially the use of Nurkish um, fracturing his hand and stuff. But I think, like, with uh, Kanner uh, going back up to the starting lineup, I think they're making good contributions. But I think, like, Drummond, in terms of, like, what he's doing to Cavs, I think, like, the Blazers are definitely, like, in need for that uh, to make themselves, like, one of the uh, playoff contending teams. Also, agree with you. I think the Blazers could be a good spot for either Drummond or McGee or someone like that because I think the one thing they're lacking is a rim protecting big man. You know, Kander's more of an offensive force, and Nurkic is also more offensive oriented. So I think if they could add like a defensive big man to you know shore up their defensive deficiencies in the paint, that could be really helpful for them to you know make another playoff run. All right, so. Now that this trade uh, has pulled through after one week, do you think the Nets um, could make a finals run with all three, Durant, Irving, and Harden all on the same court? I think the obvious answer is yes, but again, I'm, I don't know, Kyrie's like this one odd piece, you know, I, I feel like they'd go to the finals just with Durant and Harden. But I, I don't know how Irving's going to play into this, you know, like, his, his, like, desperation to be, like, one of the top dogs on the team. And, you know, when you're playing alongside Harden and Durant, who are, I think I would put them above Kyrie just because they've been playing at MVP level right now. 
I mean, if the Nets don't make the finals, then, like, what was this move worth for, right? You know, you got three all-star players. This is basically, like, another super team, like it was, like, with Golden State. So, I think the expectations are so high that they must make the finals that if they don't make it, then it's sort of a disappointment. You know, sort of, like, going to be, like, the Clippers from last year, you know? Like, really, they put, they really put all their chips in, and probably for, like, one or two seasons, depending on how the result's going to be. And with all the draft picks they trade away, I think, they're, like, as far as I've heard, they're um their next draft pick is going to be in 2028 so that's uh, going to be eight, seven years seven years uh till until they get a draft pick so that's kind of insane that um they're they're pretty much their fate of their uh the, te- the team's fate are pretty much lies within the, these one or two maybe three years possibly depending on how things are going to turn out um so yeah i think like definitely the expectations are like really immense like pretty much like all the way to the top given how much talent they have on paper but just the question of how Kyrie is going to like be back in the team and like being able to make the sacrifices as the third option um that's pretty much like the million dollar question in terms of the Nets future as for a championship 100 you know I still have the Lakers going like winning the chip but who do, who do you see them as like the now the biggest threat to them you know running it back um well, obviously, like, certainly the Nets, depending on how they're going to play out for uh, the rest of the season. But I think, like, in terms of the West, I mean, like, um, honestly, like, probably the Clippers, maybe, depending on how they're, like, they're just seeing how they're going to respond to all of the negativity they're left off run. Like, there's, they still have, like, their top two guys, PG and Kawhi, but depending on how they're going to play out for the playoffs. Um, also, like, the... Maybe the Denver Nuggets. I mean, Jokic is averaging a triple double as a big man center, which is pretty insane. Um, and maybe even Golden State Warriors. I mean, they beat them uh, last, like, the previous nights. But, I mean. Okay. So, that, the, the, the Lakers lost to the Warriors the other night. It was just the Lakers not playing that hard. I, I could see the way LeBron and AD were playing. Both of them dropped, like, 15 points a game. You know, they're not usually going to do that. They got lucky. Kelly Oubre usually shoots one of 40 from three-point land. He decided to shoot, like, five of nine, like, the other day. So, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's not I, Do you think it was kind of a fluke? Do you think it was a fluke, fluke loss? Oh, yeah. 100% it was a fluke. I mean, well, Lakers should have blown them out. Lakers were blowing them out in the first half. Yeah, I mean, like, Dennis Schroeder was, like, their leading scorer, like, with 25. He was, like, the team's leading scorer. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty much an off night for both LeBron and PG. They'll the pretty much, like, rebound back their whole format playoff when the playoffs occurred. I mean, like, what's, like, you mentioned about, like, how, like, Kelly Oubre, um, it was, like, what, 5 for 9 from 3. Like, I'm not sure if you heard, like, at some point during the season, the, like, the Warriors without... Oubre's three-point attempts, they would have been like the fourth best three-point shooting team, but if you take into account Oubre's attempts, they're, they're like near dead last in three-point attempts, which is quite staggering. Uh, but, you know, I, I'd say like the Warriors are pretty much like a dark horse, depending on like how Curry is able to um, uh, like getting to know his, his new teammates more and like really establishing their rhythm and chemistry. So, I haven't like that like a dark horse. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not... I feel like I'm not really sold on the Warriors. You know, I feel like too much is, like, placed on Curry's shoulders. And I feel like they don't play uh, James Wiseman, the rookie center, enough, you know. This dude's, like, an insane talent. I don't know if you saw his, like, poster on Bull Bull, but, like... Oh, man. This that, dude yeah, is, like, hyper... Was... Yeah. Like, I, 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 
like his athleticism is like pretty much on display like during this uh this regular season so far. I think the best poster I've seen this season was like Zion dunking on I, I forgot who it was, but I think it was like a rookie or something. But like when he was driving baseline, it was against the Kings. Do you remember that poster? Oh right, right, right. Yeah, that was pretty insane. I also like the one where uh, Deer and Fox uh, dunked on Brogdon in that uh, in the last second of the game. Like I, he was trying to send a message. Mm-hmm. If we have a dunk contest this year, I, I, I want Miles Bridges to be in that dude. Like his his dunks so far this season have been absolutely insane. I think he was like in the dunk contest like before. I might not remember, but like definitely for sure, I totally. No, agree no, yeah, with that. yeah, you're right. Well, I think that's all we have today. You know, um, discussing both the Harden trade and the implications for the rest of the league. Um, should we hit on anything else? Um. Let's talk about like that Bucks Nets Nets game. I think that's the definite preview oh, okay, yeah. of that the was, Eastern Conference that Finals. Was huge. Honestly, I think I would definitely take seven of those type of games. Uh, oh yeah. The Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, like Giannis is doing his thing with putting up like 34, Middleton at 25, albeit like he missed a pretty timely shot uh, during the end of the, uh, towards the end of the game. Um, you know, honestly, I think like given like the dynamics of how that game turned out, like I think like. Durant and Harden are pretty much like set in terms of like how they're like, gonna play out. I like obviously like their chemistry is like, certainly developing given these two games. But I think like if they're able to put up this consistency, like they're definitely um, definitely gonna be scary. But I think like the Bucks, I think like if you have like once you have like Giannis, um, like I think like one of my main gripes with Giannis is that like I didn't like see him much like. Um, defending against Durant, like or like, pretty much like in all of his matchups throughout his like his career, I think he hasn't really matched up with like the opponent's premier scorer. And I think a lot of people always want to see uh, a ton Giannis uh, matching up with Durant. And like, I think like he, like wasn't he like matched up against like I don't know either like DeAndre Jordan or like yeah, someone yeah. else. But I think like certainly. I think, like, certainly if Giannis were to, like, probably match with Durant, especially up against the perimeter, he might have, like, made some, like, maybe an impact in terms, of, like, uh, on the defensive end. Yeah, 100%. I, I think, like, that criticism came last year when he wasn't guarding Jimmy Butler, and I think the the playoffs, you know, like, how Butler was going off for 40, and he was guarding, I don't even know, it was maybe Bam or something, who knows. But, yeah, I mean, that that's, like expected of you for a superstar you take the opposing player's best player in crunch time you know tr- try to ice them that's what like lebron does that's what um Kawhi does that's what um yeah yeah exactly. even kd right. sometimes does it yeah i'm pretty sure like i really want to see like how coach bud is going to make these adjustments like going forward especially come playoff time when you're facing off against like teams like the nets or even the 76ers um but i think like Especially, like, I think it's the la- on the last play that, uh, for the Bucks in uh, trying to win it against the Nets, like, they, like, Coach Bo decided to put on Middleton, and, like, I didn't see Giannis, uh, like, getting the ball. I think, like, I, like, I mean, like, he was, like, open, like, he was, like, starting off half court, and he was, like, dashing straight towards the goal line, uh, towards the basket. And I think, like, if only, like, he had Coach Bud's, like, hey, like, I'm the best, I'm your best guy. You gotta give me the ball so that we can like maybe go in overtime. And like I feel like they had a really good shot. I feel like Milton like didn't wasn't able to see him given like the congestion like 
where he was. But I feel like Giannis got has to got to be more vocal when it comes to like these type of moments. Like, like I like Coach Bud's like a he's a great coach and all, but like I think like Giannis really needs to like have his voice be heard in, in terms of like, hey, like I'm your guy, like I want to get the ball and like give me the ball and like just let me like do my thing. Yeah, that's that's what's expected of the superstars. You know, it's crunch time. They say, coach is like, I need a bucket, and you know, your your best player is supposed to be, yeah, coach, I got you. I'm getting that bucket 100. That's what makes you a superstar in crunch time. Um, regarding the game um, last night, you know, I think everybody had pretty good performances. You know, Giannis at 34, Middleton at 25, Drew Holiday at 22. So that's the type of consistency you're gonna see from this team that we didn't really see last year. You know, with Bledsoe and stuff like that. So. I don't think the offense is the problem right now. I think maybe something with defense because, you know, they've been giving up a lot of points recently, 125 to the Nets. Um, and supposedly a, a defensive-minded team, you know, Brooke Lopez, Giannis, Drew Holiday, Middleton, which are all very solid defenders. You know, you shouldn't be giving up close to 130 points per game. So Buzz definitely going to have to make some adjustments in terms of, you know, matchups. And Although I do trust Middleton guarding the opponent's best player, you know, Giannis is a defensive player of the year for a reason. So, you know, you need to give him a certain amount of trust and responsibility to, you know, step up in these moments. And that's also a thing you've, like, touched upon is, like, you, you don't see him in these big moments anymore. You see him, like, shying away, which is a which is a huge criticism. It's something he needs to work on 100%. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, your question with defense, I think it could also be applied with the Brooklyn Nets, given with James Harden. I think, like, we all know... Uh, in the past few years about J- uh, Hardy's reputation as a defender uh, and like the questions and especially with Mike Mike D'Antoni as the uh, that's assistant coach and with Harden back like obviously um, with D'Antoni he's always like very offensive minded coach but the question is like how if they're, how would they fare on defense like they could like they could like they could score for, like I don't know like 150 points night in night out with all three scores but like what if they give up I don't know like 100 like 23, 120, 130 and all that, like, I don't think that's going to be sustainable for them in terms of, like, how they'll be in playoffs. Yeah, I think it's, like, the same problem, you know, like the Wizards have with Bradley Beal, who's putting up these insane numbers. It's just that they don't have, like, any defense. So it's just basically, like, like shootout games. And although those are really entertaining for, like, the viewers, I think teams start to get really frustrated when they can't get a stop down the stretch. I feel like over time, like, relationships will start to deteriorate if like defense isn't a priority you know the quote like defense win championships like you need to have a solid defense you know lakers are like i think top five in defense and offense so you know that's why they're favored to win a game because they have a, a balance but you know when you're solely offense based and your offense goes cold then you know what are you left with absolutely yeah that's right so yeah um I think that's it for today. You know, um, we went over the trade, you know, how Harden's been faring with the Nets and how the other teams involved have been, you know, affected by this trade and our, our basically our reactions to, you know, this Bucks nets last game. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back next week and uh, stay tuned for some more valid, so fresh, clean, clean content. All right. Later, folks. Have a good one.